Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Harrell, and you're listening to What in the Weird. The Weekly Rune came out today. I'm actually recording an episode the day of. For those who are subscribed through Patreon, it came out yesterday, Sunday, ad-free. And if you want to show your support for The Weekly Rune, you can search for it on Patreon, and thank you for doing so. If you want the simplified free version, you can also subscribe to it through my website, soulintentarts.com, and thanks for that as well. The image of the RuneCast is always on my Instagram, which is Kelly Soul Arts, and it's on the blog posts also at Soul Intent Arts. So what's going on this week? Othala. And frankly, that's enough. Othala is big stuff. In the odd ordering of the runic calendar, which if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back a couple of episodes to catch up. Othala is getting us ready for the enormous initiation that is summer solstice, at least in the northern hemisphere, which is coming up later this month. So the relationship here is Othala puts our focus front and center on the ancestors, right before we transition to the half-month rune of Degas, the summer solstice rune, which is all about how we find meaning in a day, and a few other things too. So why do you think it would be important to get right with the ancestors before we face possibly the biggest initiation of the year, which is focused on day-to-day bean counting? Degas is focused on how we find meaning in a day. Well, in a word, balance is why it's important to get right with the ancestors before we go into that huge transition. And along that line, in this episode, I'm going to have a really frank discussion on how ancestor work affects our present. So buckle up. I've attempted to sit down and write about this topic a ton of times, and I just can't get it to align in written words. For those of you who don't know, apart from the Weekly Rune, my blog also features essays on living as a modern animist and shaman, very specifically in a no-bullshit tone. A series I've written there, which is at solentonarts.com, for several years is called Betwixt, and it's all about living the path of shaman out loud, real-time, good, bad, and horrific. One of the most horrific aspects of it of late has been racism. Along that line, if you haven't caught the discussion Christina Pratt and I have been having on that topic since last year on her podcast, Why Shamanism Now?, do give it a listen. It's powerful stuff and so very needed right now. Do a search on her site, again, Why Shamanism Now, for Are We Changing the Spirit World? That's the name of the segment. There should be three or four segments. And tell me what you think. Tell her what you think. So here's the thing that I see is the most leading contributor to the shitstorm that the planet is in right now. We haven't dealt with our stuff. We haven't dealt with our trauma. We haven't dealt with our unquiet dead. These observations 
are the sole reason that I began teaching Introduction to Death Walking again last year, and I'll have another live online death walking class coming up soon. If you want details on that, be sure to subscribe to my mailing list. Again, solentonarts.com. Everything is there. So what does not having dealt with our trauma and our dead have to do with the ancestors and with racism? Well, everything, basically. In that if our ancestors aren't well, we're not well. If we're not sustaining active, direct relationships to their wisdom, we're screwed. We really can't move forward in any progressive, balanced way. If our ancestors aren't at rest, we're not. And in shamanic terms, that means that their trauma is still alive and well in us. And if we don't do something about it, it will continue to dominate our lives. If you've not done reading about this, Google trauma and genetics. It's a scientific fact that our ancestors' trauma impacts how we live now, not just behaviorally, but physically and emotionally. We still experience their unprocessed trauma as if it's ours, as if we can't tell the difference, and we live it and relive it in our present. What trauma might that be? Well, from a collective standpoint, um, what does that have to do with racism? Again, allow me to explain. We all started as animists, which means we were all aware that everything was alive. Everything was a soul networked through that realization. Through that network, communication between souls happened. Again, it, it was the tribe. It was part of the tribe. It was the community. Again, I'm not new aging this. This is a fact. We all began with this hardwiring called animism. An innate component of animism was being deeply tied to the land, nature, season, and each other. Uh-huh, yeah. We often forget that people are part of an animistic worldview. People are so worried about having to think that their microwave has a soul that they forget the neighbor across the street from them does. We don't speak of animism in terms of people. And that's a huge component of why we don't get along well now. So why did we stop being animists? Where did it all go? Well, that's a big big question that's not easy to answer. And a more appropriate question may be, why did we lose our connection to our native lands? Speaking from a strictly north, northern, and western European descended perspective, which is what I am, I cite four primary reasons for why we lost our connection to our native lands. First among them is imperialism, by which I mean someone who sees self as having divinely mandated power, royalty, realized the value of land and forcefully took it for their own gain, which also resulted in the enslavement of those to whom that land originally belonged. So we're talking about a situation where some rich guy came along, decided your sacred land was a commodity that he could benefit from, and I'm saying he on purpose, and then 
either forced you off that land, your ancestors off that land, or forced you to stay there in servitude to mine those resources for his continued gain and sovereignty. The second reason is colonialism. That The second reason that I feel like we lost our connection to our land is colonialism. Again, that's forcefully invading the lands of others for personal gain. Usually, from a militaristic standpoint, that's headed by whom? Some imperialistic dude. Usually resulting in the expulsion of said people or enslaving them to work the land as if it wasn't theirs, as if it hadn't been theirs for generations. Now, Notice I didn't mention in these scenarios that they killed off natives to accomplish those land acquisitions. I only spoke of those displaced or enslaved because the ones that were killed off are our ancestors. I mean, they are our earliest ancestors, the ones who didn't get the proper closure from their lives, the ones who didn't get to hand down generations of allure and healing and nature relationships and the deep connection to that land. But I'll come back to that in a minute. The third reason, in my view, that we lost our connection to nature, our sacred lands, is the church who demonized nature, who set apart those who included nature as part of their tribe and divine, who participated as much as any governing or policing body in the decimation of people, families, tribes, and animistic communities by calling them savages and uncivilized, who conscripted congregations into its ranks to help it grow, to help it gain and maintain control, and to change the core ideologies of your ancestors slash you and about nature. When we talk about, uh, well, when people talk about their grandmother's grandmother's grandmother having always gone to the same church they go to now, do you think they're really understanding the true lineage of how their family came to be in the church to start with? That is a hard question to pose to many people, because the answer is they ended up in the church not through their own will. It was because they wanted to stay alive. They wanted to stay connected to their lands, even if they didn't get to own them themselves anymore, even if they didn't have their freedom, even if they did have to give up their own ideologies. At least they still got to stay there. But it was at a significant price. And that's a fact that northern, western descended Europeans haven't given enough thought to. And many say they don't care. You bring it up, they say, I don't care. I am what I am now. It doesn't matter how I got here. I've heard the good news. Okay, right. Okay. So think about that for a second. You and me are alive because someone in your line survived those times, which means you were either one of the people doing the severance and domination. Your, your ancestors were one of those royals. Or you were one of those dominated. There's really no in-between here. And honestly, if you're doing this whole spiritual lineage exploration, sooner or later you will both. That's how you got here. The church was deeply instrumental in its capacity to divide your ancestors from the land that was sacred to them, to drive them from long sacred lands, and by default, 
force a new life perspective on them. Animism bye-bye, in other words. So the fourth reason, my fourth reason, for how we lost our connection to the land is industrialization. Yes, this is a much later development in the timeline of humanity that still put a significant nail in the coffin. Have you ever thought about the sheer invention of modern plumbing? I know, we take it for granted, right? But even though some countries still don't have it, may not want it, it radically altered the amount of time that we spend outdoors. How about not having to fetch water multiple times a day? When we don't do that, when we're not walking that same path repeatedly to get to the lake, to the river, to the creek, to the stream, we no longer know the lay of our own land. We don't know what it looks like at sunrise or what spirits are most active at high noon or how the textures of the land change with season. No matter how fastidious you are at keeping your lawn mowed, it's not the same as having to rely on the elements of your animistic community, the spirits of your animistic community to keep you alive every day. It's not the same as impeccably knowing how they behave under minute seasonal changes or just sun up to sundown. And what about climate control? The fact that we created machines, systems to alter our atmospheric comfort to extremes regardless of season. I mean, I'm just talking about at a personal level, but when you consider how these small progressions impacted industrialization, large-scale modernization for the sake of mass production, it's easy to see how we were taken out of agrarian environments. We were removed not just from our sacred land, but as protectors of it, keeping it from being harmed for human gain. We, we, we're no longer the guardians of our land after industrialization. So imperialization, colonialization, the church, and industrialization were death to animism. Each of these played a role in why we stopped being animists and not one of them was voluntary. And if they weren't voluntary, what were they if not traumatic? And what do these factors in the severance of our native connection to our land have to do with racism? At some point, you were the native. Your people were the indigenous. And if you go far enough back in your northern western European lineage, for those of you who relate to that, you were either one of the self-proclaimed powerful who took the natives as your own and their land, or you were one of those whose land was taken. Again, we covered that, but I can't say it enough. We know that trauma is handed down. As our ability to live as animists ceased to be, we stopped doing the rituals of balance that allowed us to release trauma and to put our dead to rest. Balance. That's what this is all about. In the absence of those rituals, we begin to carry the tragedy, the anger, hate, and fear of our unrestful dead, our ancestors, as well as cope with the changes being forced on our way of living. We called it manifest destiny. We called it eugenics. We called it economy, 
the natural state of mankind, which is how people defended slavery for a gazillion years. We called it civilization. I want you to think a minute of the rights, R-I-T-E-S and R-I-G-H-T-S, the rights and the rights lost by your people because you lost your connection to your native land. Totems lost. This point is for me the official cutoff that it's not appropriate for Euro-descended transplants to use the word totem. I have no such handed down spirit allies that my ancestors gave to me. For that reason, I don't use the word totem. And it, it, this is where it, in, in the um, progression of people who left Europe, this is where it stops being an appropriate term for us to use. Ask me about not using the word totem. Your communities were lost, literally tribe. In the animistic nature community, your people had spent generations coming into relationship with. You know that meme that circulated on Facebook last year about how the ancient Irish married the land? Well, guess what? We all did. Who's married to that land now? How long have your people been displaced from where they originated? Whether it's Europe, whether it's New Zealand, whether it's Africa. Who's married to that land now? What happened to those animistic communities? Who's tending those spiritual relationships now? Who's been tending them for the last 2,000 years? How well are the current local nature spirits working with you? Where you live, where you stand right now, how's that relationship going? Have you even checked in with them to see if they're okay with you being there? Do you look like the last humans they were in close animistic relationship with? Because my guess is we don't. You have to ask these questions because you don't come from where you think you did. You don't belong where you think you do. You don't belong where you are. Few of us are indigenous to where we stand. And until we reconcile the dangling wires, the live wires that are still wounded from the relationships our ancestors had with those lands that we were torn from. Until you can reconcile the trauma around that, you can't situate fully into close, animistic, direct relationship with the nature spirits where you stand, where you live, where you were born today. The harsh truth about all of this is you are an immigrant as much as anybody. Ask the nature spirits of your region because they know. Ask your ancestors. So when you think about the origins of our systemic and systematic subjugation of people of color today, think too of your ancestors because they see the connection. They know it. They lived it. And their shit got handed down to you to deal with as a cycle of abuse you didn't know you were participating in. But you know now. And the job before you is to heal your family lines. Death walk those unquiet dead. And if you don't know how to do that, let's talk. 
contact me. I can teach you. If you don't know how to connect with your healed ancestors, those that, that you want to share their lost knowledge, those whom you need to function as a healthy, whole person today, contact me. I can teach you. The job before you is to connect with the animistic community you live among now so that you can bring closure to the ties of those sacred lands of your past and be fully present as an active participant in the nature communities you're in now. If you don't know how to do that work, guess what? Ask me. I can teach you. Because the more you clean up your own ancestral lines, the more aware you are of the mistreatment of people in the present, the institutions permitting it, and the ways that you can be a force to stop it. It's time to do this work. And I can say without hesitation that people are doing it. You're not alone. They are taking their personal routes to where they stand seriously. The trauma of their lines is being cleared. Their dead are being released. Your job is to do the work Othala demands of you. To be a fit elder through your life so that at the point of death, you can elect to be a fit ancestor to those who come after you so that the cycles that are repeated benefit all the people, the land people, the air people, the rock people, the grass people, the human people. And for the record, native people don't say animism. They say tradition. They say tribe. They say us. That's it for this episode. It's a lot to swallow. I know it is, but you can do it. You're ready. Or you wouldn't be listening. You wouldn't have gotten this far. How can I help? Let me know. Email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or by calling in through the Anchor app. You can download Anchor for Android or Apple to call in and listen to the podcast. You can also check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and 40,000 other platforms. And if you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of lovely ladies also on Anchor. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.